My ability to summon fish is of no use for this toppling building. Representing the United States West Coast, Dazzler. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. They like a little badunkadunk. Yeah. Is, is, am I allowed to say that? Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Everybody's in the midst of grief and Reed Richards' wife is hitting on the new guy. Right now we're going to pour a bottle of $8, uh, $8 Arrowhead. It's, it's $12 Arrowhead. $12? And it, it's and Arrowhead. It's like, is it actually twelve dollars? What was it say on the card? It, no, it's pretty expensive. No, it's four dollars. It's four. It's still a four dollar bottle of thirty-three you know ounce is, bottle of Arrowhead. Arrowhead is not even the best water. tasting water. That's like horrible. It's we're gonna water. we're gonna pour one out for Andy Padel who can't be here. Until <laughs> it's here. That's the type of stuff that when your toilet doesn't work, you put it in sorry, the back of the toilet. Sorry, guys, <laughs> had to be done. Uh, Andy okay. Pinnell is on his way. Well, welcome everybody yeah, well, to this is the uh, trade secrets uh, recording from Emerald City Comic Con to twenty twenty something two words years numbers. We're all very coherent. Something Jesus before the alcohol. Yeah, no kidding. All sober, by the way. So this will probably be a terrible podcast. Some of us are sleep. Some of us are sleep deprived, but let's not get into that. March first, twenty thirteen. This is the quality you're getting at Emerald City Comic Con, everybody. Hello. We have been. Hate secrets. We've been lucky enough to be granted a room. The our our fans, the Frederick the Great guys, Dolby and Jeff have have loaned us their hotel room. Long enough to record a show, uh, so that we don't have to do it in the in the lobby bar, which is usually loud. And now it has a fountain, so when you guys later in this episode hear our interview with uh, Ed Brisson, you're all going to need to take a piss really bad. The fountain is running the whole time. Fountain is running in the background, and it is n- n- audible. It's a fountain. So, um, but uh, we are here right now with with Eddie Isaac. Hey, Ann Bean. Oh, hi, James Dykes. Uh, hello. Um, the oh first my. episode of Trade Secrets. Even this, this, is this, this, this is the first. Technically, this, a trade secret this episode. is technically Welcome. Trade Secrets episode. Technically, this, this is this is my first appearance on this awesome. this half of the. We're Geek gonna put a V family. with lipstick on your head. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> fact, let's never do that. Okay. Uh, uh, Andy Padel said he's on this his way. This is the Rocky so Horror Picture Show. I'm no. sorry. Are you sure? It's about as coherent. That's true. Andy Padel is on CPT right. Right <laughs> yeah, Andy Padel's on his way. He will he will join us, I would assume, at some point before we stop talking Probably to not. each other. Um, and w- with the first thing that I'm going to bring up is that this is officially our two year anniversary for the show. Uh, the episode zero that we recorded of this show was at Emerald City Comic Con 2011. Uh, we are have <clears throat> we have missed uh, almost no, we've missed ten episodes, I think, because we're, we should be at fifty one. And we're at 41, so I don't know how okay. the fuck that happened. But Andy was in charge. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> actually... <laughs> you're actually <laughs> that, is, that is factually correct. My deduction is uh, top notch right now. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you won. All right. You win. So, uh, Two years, hooray! Huzzah! Two years. We have we have a table again this year, which is phenomenal. Uh, we are sitting in, we are sitting in um, a a 
feature-rich uh, section. That's one uh, way of putting right. it. Um, there's to my Gilles, right is Gilles yep. To my right is a guy named Dean Tripp who's actually pretty popular on the internet. Uh, and then Gail Simone is Woo! three tables away from us. Greg Rucka. Uh, Greg Rucka is immediately behind yep. us. Uh, so there's Mike-a-tron. there's a Micatron. Micatron is two tables away, which is awesome. Uh, it's and nice then there's being some close. chicken Lederhosen to our uh, left. Yes, Lederhosen. Yes. <laughs> Very uh, saucy Lederhosen. Yes. Yeah, Sauc- it's, it's sexy Lederhosen. They're pretty so uh, we have a, we uh, the having a table at this con is is phenomenal just because um, we can we can we always have a place to sit which is amazing and we can kind of watch the mass of humanity pass by without actually having to engage in it. Oh, it's uh, so good, <coughs> which is which is amazing. Well, Luke <laughs> man- Luke managed to make a little girl scowl at him. Oh, that was awful. Awesome. Oh, I didn't know this story. Because she this wanted to listen to some adult material. <laughs> this and little he girl. It back. He it back. I didn't snatch it back, but this little girl, she's probably, I would say, eight or nine, yeah. like steps up to the booth and she's very tentative and she kind of looks up at me and I say, hi. And she grabs one of the flyers for trade secrets. And I'm sitting, she walks over and her dad was at another booth doing something, right? And, her, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and her yeah. dad finishes looking and then turns around and he starts walking over to Dean Tripp's booth and I wave at him and he looks and I kind of wave him over. Over and I'm like, just so you know, your daughter took a flyer for our show, and it is not censored. Uh, probably not kid appropriate material. <laughs> and then, and the called called them over, and the girl was like smiling and happy. And then I started scowl. talking to her dad, she and I'm like, it's scowl. probably not kid appropriate. And she she turned on me. Oh. She was just she like gave him a look of death. I <laughs> thought her head was going to spin around, and I was going to like. Have limbs start falling off because she was pissed. Yes, yeah, well, the point happy. of going to Comic Con when you're not <laughs> right like, you to get exposed to adult things. to adult material right? exactly. I would not want to walk around this con as a child at ass level. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no. no. God no! Like it's not. I was not okay. You. We'll have to ask Megatron about the ass level experience. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> okay this is Anne's story. So, so I have I have my best and worst. Cosplay, but the cosplay I'm going to you talk about is neither, it, yeah, neither the best nor the worst, but the most friggin' obnoxious. Um, more because I mean, decent costumes look vaguely store bought, but nice, right? Mm-hmm. High quality wigs. There was a rogue and a black cat and a female cyclops. I know that the rogue was Monica something. So if anybody in the internet Monica knows Lee. Monica Lee, if anybody knows who Monica Lee is, this is uh, this is the story of, of how she ignores the people. Monica Lee being a terrible human being knocks into Micatron's sign several times. There were times when I was like, you know, martial arts, get my hand out between them and, <laughs> and the paintings that are sitting on the table so they don't knock them over. Yeah, I was taking off people's drinks that they were setting on the edge of the table because they're getting their pictures taken with. Oh Jesus! They and were just—they were all up in everyone's shit. And I was like, <laughs> "Man, I'm all about cosplay. I hate it when people rag on cosplay, but these cosplayers in particular are asshats." Yeah, because they're—I mean, they're—they're they're gaining their internet fame, right? And that's all they care about. Oh yeah, they don't give a shit about the people around them. They don't give, and that's wait, part wait, wait. of people get famous for cosplay. Yeah, apparently that's yeah people they do. Had, yeah. They had a lot of breasts. That's, it's. Several it's the Kim Kardashian of the internet. It is. It I is. Know, it is nerd. Terrible. It is nerd Kardashians. Oh, Jesus. And H. it's the problem that I have with the women like that is that um, this is where this is where 
They are not valid arguments necessarily in all cases, but this is where the fake nerd girl thing comes in. I know, in. and that makes me filled with rage because I hate it so much because yeah. it's applied to a ton of people when it's like two people and they were right next to me. Yeah, and it's not, it's, it, it, I don't mind the cosplaying girls that are, like most of them are generally gregarious and very, you know, they want to talk to you and they yeah. will, you know, they'll, if you ask them a question, they can answer it and they don't Listen, give a shit about just thrusting their boobs in well, front of a camera all the time. And frankly, <laughs> as a female, I was invisible to them which yeah. was a little bit hilarious and I kept photobombing them and at some point one guy like saw me photobombing them and was laughing <laughs> <laughs> was uh, I can't wait for those to get developed yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was unpleasant and killed Megatron's business for a couple of hours but um, I have the minions on my side and it will not happen again the worst part about them was not them well it okay. was the friggin it camera was there crew. there were camera crews there was at least one camera crew that was with them yeah. that was a full-on like full-on fucking camera fancy crew like fancy Bo- ass video camera soundboard boom mic yeah like why <laughs> the fuck mic. do you need a boom mic these a boom women mic. aren't talking he was he was recording he was recording their asinine conversation right yeah, uh, with yeah. Boom, of which there was mic. little and they gotta get like, gotta get confusing. all the makeup artists their fans on it's the internet all eight of them whatever stupid artists in artist alley would get his fucking advertisements out of the way of my ass I, I I don't care how popular they are on the internet. They can be reasonable people. Yes, Otherwise, they join true. the like Rob Liefeld camp of fuck you. Why are you? Which is comics? which is what sh- what was kind of a shame is because like I, I we met and talked to this Dean Trip guy who was sharing a table yeah. with them, and he was. He was a very nice guy, but I don't know if he got annoyed with them or annoyed with us complaining about them. But at some point during the show, he just kind of turned himself off to us and wouldn't wasn't really talking uh. to us anymore. But what what's a shame is that he was a really nice guy. His artwork was actually phenomenal. Yeah, his it was very was great. very cool, like kind of Bruce Timmy's style kind of animated animated artwork. And his image and his table was being marred by these. Bitchy fucking cosplayers, and anyway. So yeah. well, I will tell you this, dear cosplayers. I, notice a five foot radius around you. Notice a five foot radius. You around need a bubble. Who that flash was bright. Yes, it was. Sorry. Anyway, for so the premium on, viewers so of the site, <laughs> you'll yeah. be able to see pictures. Well, of us. if you're watching us on Ustream, that's right. Live stream from the, from the hotel live stream. security camera. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> only slightly creepy. No, that's, that's uh, going to be creepy as hell. That's 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 stalking. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the creepiest thing that happened to me today. We were doing our interview. Um, uh, we were doing our interview Wrong for uh, with Ed Brisson this morning, um, which again you will you will see on the on the show uh, or hear on the show later. Um, and we were sitting in the lobby bar in the Sheraton, and there was a dude two tables over. That it was Ed Brubaker, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's Ed Brubaker. That's awesome." And I turned Andy around, and I'm like, Andy, it's Ed Brubaker. And Andy's like, holy shit, that's Ed Brubaker. <laughs> and then... I sense a theme. And, <clears throat> How many and then I, I like pointed to Christi- pointed him at Christina. And this is the funny thing. I pointed him out to Christina, and I'm like, Christina, that's Ed Brubaker. And I explained where we'd seen Ed Brubaker before, because she, she doesn't know him by name for writing, but she'd seen him on Tabletop and some other things. And then when we were interviewing Ed Brisson, we're talking to Ed Brisson, and he said something about blah, 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 Brubaker, and I'm like, oh, he's right over there. And... Then I tweeted, I'm like, I, w- I tweeted out, I'm, I was two tables away from Ed Brubaker at my, uh, when I was interviewing this morning, but I didn't have the balls to say anything to him because he was in the middle of something. And Brubaker tweets me back, he's like, 
uh, you weren't two tables away from me unless you were in my living room because I'm not there. Oh, and then, uh, and from, <laughs> from the rest part of my day, I, now the, here's the, here's the thing: I saw the tabletop episode with Brew Baker on it a couple weeks ago. Like again, we watched it about a, maybe three or four weeks ago. Christina and I watched it together. I watched part of it again. This dude was a fucking doppelganger like crazy looked like Brubaker like was even dressed similarly to the way Brubaker was dressed wow. in that episode maybe he was cosplaying uh, that's exactly what, and I tweeted out it's uh, it was it was I was like wow now I'm creeped out now I'm like Cosplay. who the f- was in the lo- lobby uh, over there <laughs> and what kind of business projection seriously right what the f- is going on so um, that's my creepy moment for the con I but, I was on my way to Comic Hunt, and I ran into the. You might want to enunciate that, just to be sure. Oh, my <laughs> all man. right. Comic. <laughs> don't want to have another. Don't want to have another onion incident. Yeah. Here. <laughs> okay, okay. I was on my way to find illustrated books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. And I ran into the most foul smell I'd ever <laughs> smelled in my oh, entire life. I mean, it was like. Welcome to a convention. I tried to run from it, but it was like, oh. can I invite you was to it, the beanbag section it, of PAX this I was say, year? Is it, is it one of those moments where you smell it and then you can't get away from it, and then you're like, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so like, I was like, you start your start. Right. Like, is there something like, on my? Sh- as, as I was walking away, trying to get away from this mysterious cloud, which I can't see, somebody else goes really loud. Oh man, who shit themselves? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it wasn't, you know. Takes the onus off delusion. of you. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Like, <laughs> so that was my your moment of the day. That was my moment. What of about the you, day. James? You are not a comic book person normally. No, and you have you've decided to come to Emerald City Comic Con on and help us out with the booth and yeah. stuff. So, what was your? How was your day? What What did you? Uh, uh, I, got, you do? I got here pretty late. I didn't get here to like five yeah, five fifteen. Like, what people watching is very interesting at these yes, things. Yes. It's it's. Far more interesting for me than to go and uh, look at exhibit. Like the, the exhibitors here are pretty cool. There's a lot of, of uh, pretty decent art. And then there's that Lord of Pandora oh, sign. Lord. Yeah, the Jesus uh, H. Not okay. No, no, it's not Lady okay. Of Pandora, the Lord of Pandora. It? It's it's a it is it is a cheesecake anime booth with a, a topless girl that has QR codes over her nipples oh, on I the did sign. See that. It's like ugh, whatever. I'm. You you went to the gaming area though, and I, I did, I did not area. get to go down there. What was it like? Um, so they've got the if if you've been to the convention center before, they've got the the conference center on the other uh, across the street yes. for the gaming area, um, and the third floor is their expo area where they've got uh, a bunch of old Magic the Gathering artists promoting the mm-hmm. book they're coming out with the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, there's a right. Kickstarter about it. Uh, it seems like a pretty awesome thing. Um, yeah, it's all the original guys, right? It's like yeah, Anson Maddox, Venture, and Anson Pete Maddox Pete, yeah. Heather Hudson, Mark Brian Snowdy, Brian Snowdy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then they've got Pink Rail Games as a giant booth there, and then there. That's about it for they the have a soccer game. They've had that like the last two. Or three yeah, years. yeah. That's the game that Pink Gorilla actually made okay. or something. I, I forget what it's called. Some... It's called like. Car- not card captors. That's something else. No, you're you not thinking. About you're not right? thinking Tonto Quarry, are you? Uh, that, that, that's here. The, <laughs> yeah. what is it? the former Tonto Quarry. It's like French yes. made Dominion. Yes, that's it. That's, that's it. And that's... They always have the little Japanese girls here dressed. Yeah, like it's that's... it's the it's it's the uh, the tentacle um, tentacle deck building game. I don't think there's 
actually tentacles. There are I no think tentacles. It's all French we, we played that for an episode of Hit the Deck, the show that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost and show. that actually, uh, that episode no, actually, actually survived. I know, yeah, crazy. Uh, um, but they're they're here. Uh, my friends Eric and Joe work for them. Okay. Um, and, and they're here uh, promoting a couple other games. That the, all they do now is they used to be Card House, which used to be a retailer in the area and all they do yeah. now is that moved all they, to the midwest they moved all their their card retailing and everything into the midwest and now all they do out of here is Im- import games from uh europe and japan translate localize them, and them localize them and then put them in the in the american market that's cool um so they got a couple of games they're demoing there and uh they look interesting enough so yeah. i didn't get a chance to to play them there were people playing them when i got there so yeah emerald city this year is for for anybody that's been to Emerald City, it's phenomenally larger this year than it was last year, um, yeah. and it's Every going year. to continue like to be larger. It's, it's, it's about a half a pack now, probably. No, it's, Maybe it's, it's three well, quarters okay. of a pack. Within the convention center, <clears throat> it's like three quarters or more of PAX. Now, PAX is spread to other places, right? So PAX is now also in a bunch of crap in the Sheraton and a bunch of crap in a couple other hotels, yeah. and they're in the Benaroya yeah. Hall and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. but Emerald City has now taken up... Uh, almost all of the same space that PAX takes up um, and it st- it was still packed like still Huge crowded which yeah, oh yeah, yeah I heard ridiculous. like a two hour line to get in Just and get badges your passes they've got all of the registration to pick up badges so unlike PAX when you order badges from PAX they mail you your badge That's and you get plan. your actual physical badge in the mail here you get an e-ticket that you then have to take to a registration booth. They scan and then they hand you a paper badge. Dumb, yeah. um, dumb, dumb. On dumb, top dumb. of that, on top of that, those registration booths are on the fourth floor of a six-floor convention center. <laughs> dumber, where dumber, you have to dumber. walk yeah. through the other exhibit places and part of an exhibit hall to get to them. Oh, so, dumbest. Yeah. So not only do they have a line at the registration booth coming out the door to get your badges, but then that. That line stops at the top of the escalator, and then they clear out the escalators, and then they have the line start again at the bottom of the escalator. Now, today, that line went out the door, up the block, across a street. Like it, There was like five, 600 people in line, and it was taking a couple hours. And it's like, why do you make people come all the way into the fucking convention center to get their badge? Like, first of all, why don't you put the registration booths in the lobby? Yes, I mean, exactly. or put them out on the fucking street for Christ's sake, you know, something, you know. But it was uh, when we came downstairs to give Eddie and, and jo- James their badges, the, it was just there was this giant four abreast line taking well, up the entire lobby. I was, lobby, and I was like, like hey, there's crap. this huge line outside. You're like, what the fuck for? Yeah, <laughs> I was worried because last year at Emerald City, and this is this made no sense at all. Last year at Emerald City, they actually in the middle of Saturday, they were, they, st- the they fire were department stopped letting right. people in. Yep. And I was like, y- w- there's not even as many people registered for this event on this day as there are for PAX. And you're somehow getting bitchy about the fire codes? I yeah. think it was because there wasn't as much space, like floor space opened yeah, maybe. up. So hopefully they won't Possibly, have that problem yeah. this year. Like, yeah. like you were saying, though, there were people that like got here. Uh, at, like the, the, line, the line took, uh, I know one of my friends tweeted the line took almost two hours. And for people that Ugh. only purchase Friday yeah. badges, they're they work. Here. They work today, so they get off at 5. They get so here at like really 5.30, get right. and then they're, they they yeah. get into the hall at you 6 get or hour, 7. You get, and seven, you get, get an hour, and then they're done. I think yeah. if you work, you don't get a Friday pass, is what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it does sound like a, the whole system a is smart. That's <laughs> a really, really bad idea. PAX does it so much better. Like They mail your badges, and for some reason you can't get your badges mailed because you live at a Our Andy is in Andy Podell. 
Well, hello. Oh, I, oh thanks so. for showing up, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> way, grace you guys with my presence. Um, but I, I am impressed with the size of the con hall this year. They've got they've doubled the artist alley. No, they've more than doubled the yeah. artist alley it is, space. It is a lot bigger. Which is awesome because that's one of the reasons why I like Emerald City so much is that the vendor booths in the middle are actually quite a bit smaller than uh, than normal vendor booths, oh. and. There's so many artist alley tables that all of the artists who at another con like San Diego would be at like say you know Brew Baker would be at the Marvel booth or something for most of the sure. day or whatever and then rotating in and out they all have their own tables yeah. so you get to go and you can talk to them and that's the experience that I had today where <clears throat> not only did we have two phenomenal interviews you guys like I said you'll hear the Ed Brisson one later in the show and then on tomorrow's episode or Sunday's episode whenever we record it you'll hear uh, the Cullen Bunn uh, interview that we did today. They are. They were half-hour interviews. The guys were really awesome. They just sat and bullshitted with us for a while. And then we wandered around and got signatures from a few people. I stopped and talked to Brian Chirilla, who did uh, The Secret History of D.B. Cooper, and now he's drawing the uh, Sixth Gun, Sons of the Gun um, trade, nice. or miniseries, miniseries, and sat there and bullshitted with him for like 20 minutes, and he's a super nice guy. And then we walked to the back of the hall and talked to Brian Hurt for almost half an hour, and I'm probably nice. he's probably going to unload another piece of art on me. And then, and then we we were wandering around, and we stopped by Rick Remender's booth, and he had the Fear Agent on or Fear Agent Library editions today, which he was supposed to bring them tomorrow, but he brought them today. So we stopped because um, the, the short story for everyone: I ordered it on Amazon. I got two copies um, for some reason. Like one of them was an extra copy. So before I opened them both, I told uh, a guy that I work with, uh, Rich Amtower, that um, I had an extra copy that, and he bought it from me. So I brought it in and I sold it to him and he took it and then I got home, pulled the plastic wrap off the one that I had and it was like uh, the whole bottom front edge was crushed. Like, like they, and it was like they had dropped it on a grate or something. So it was like crush, crush, crush. And then, so I sent it back. I, I sent it to Amazon and they were already sold out. Like the Aww. book was sold out everywhere. Um, so it was like, no, um, I'm not getting my return. And then uh, Remender tweeted, "Hey, I'm taking ten copies to the to the con on Saturday." I'm like, "Fucking sweet! We are going to basically sleep at your booth, just so you know, um, so that we can get one." And then Christina noticed when we walked over, we noticed that they, he had them on the table on Friday, and I'm like, "Better get one." So we got in line, and then sat there and like I told Remender I love Fear Agent and he was like he was like super nice guy and then he's like oh by the way Tony Moore's right down there and so we walked over and got it signed by Tony Moore and then I talked to Tony Moore for a little bit like everybody that I've met today so far has just been just the nicest people like yeah that's 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 one you know everyone's just open to talking to people and and bullshitting and and I it's it's so much different than than a game like PAX you can't talk to anyone for any length of time yeah Greg Rucka was is sits right behind us, which I didn't know. He's like literally five feet away from us the whole day. Okay, that was yeah, Greg right Rucka. behind us, Greg Rucka. Yeah. And uh, so I talked to him for a minute, and got Stumptown signed, and then later this afternoon I took one over and got Ma- Matthew Southworth, who is the guy that drew Stumptown, and I started talking to him a little bit about movies and just kind of bullshitting and stuff while he's and so I expected him to open the book, sign it, talk to me for a second, and I was going to walk away. It's fine. Well, he takes the book and then signs it and then starts pulling fucking markers out and drawing in it and i'm like 
I'm just kind of sitting there, and it's not, and it's not just like a blah, 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 here's a drawing, like because like Robert Kirkman did a drawing of a bra- of a zombie in my copy of Walking <laughs> Dead, and it's it was literally just it looks like it looks like a kid with a crayon, like <laughs> it is, it's like fine, you're a writer, I understand, that's not your gig, um, but then Matthew Software, he's like he's got this like fucking uh, like stack of shading markers and oh, shit, and he's God. like he's like etching shit into the paint. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm just standing there. There's a guy behind me waiting to get something signed. I'm like, mm, this is awesome, but wow. Like, And that's the kind of stuff. Like, I was sitting here bullshitting with this guy about movies while he's drawing like a full-on drawing in my book. And this, I love this show. Yeah, I got... Yeah, I met a, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Awkward go ahead. pauses, ah, go. go awkward pauses, go. Um, it's strange to have a convention that's this big where there's still... Like, I can go talk to my favorite webcomic artists, mm-hmm. and some of them do get swamped to a ridiculous degree, but, uh, like, I, I I chatted with people, I networked, I may have found other artists who are at least interested in drawing more of my comics, which is rad, and not something yeah, you would awesome. expect to find at a con that's this big. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like this next year. It's... Oh. This is like yeah, what do you predict? This is that golden year oh. where the con expanded. There's actual room in the aisles. You know why I don't think that's. You know why I think it will be this way this next year. I I was reading uh, the the um, exhibitor pamphlet that we got for our table, and one of the things that they very specifically called out is that if you have an exhibitor table this year, you are only allowed to buy next year what you had this year. Ah. Not allowed to expand. Um, they're limiting large exhibitors, or they're they're limiting artist alley people to two tables max. They're limiting large exhibitors to four squares max. So they're nice. like they're they are purposely limiting things in order to keep the con broad and keep a larger artist alley. So I actually think that next year it'll still be roughly the same. There'll be they're actually expanding into more space. They said next year as well. So, wow. like uh, the hall that was used for where the registration stuff, they're actually going to expand more into that. They're going to have a couple of their things on other floors. So, um, but they're also Friday is going to be a full day, ten a.m. to ten a.m. to seven p.m. on in next year. Oh God! So, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, who's Whee! gonna uh, like? That's going to be just a day off. It just got to take. It, they do it for PAX. I mean, PAX was four days. But so, it was, yeah. but I was over a holiday. Yeah, but not Friday. Not, but it's not on the holiday. That's the thing. It was over Labor Day. It was like Friday, oh, Saturday. It was, fr- it yeah, was, it was Thursday, Thursday through Sunday, 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 and then Labor Day was the day after. Oh. Yeah, Labor Day's Monday. Monday. Yeah. Because yeah. fact. Because you could just <laughs> go, you could go do the two days of packs and do the day of Bumper Shoot. Yeah, it's on the same weekend. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh Bumper well, what? Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> not talk about that. Well played. Show does not very good ever. So, so we all are. Um, you were talking about uh, webcomic artists and stuff, and did you have anything more that you were going to say on that? Uh, Sorry, I didn't I, mean to I derail g- you. Yeah, I'm good. I, the, you know, I could do my best of worst of cosplay now. We'll do that. We'll do that at the end here because I actually, okay. since Andy, <laughs> since Andy just came in at the end, I let go ahead and let Andy talk for a little bit, and then we'll do best of worst of cosplay. So. Uh, basically, I was within thirty feet of Luke or at the booth the entire time. <laughs> well, Luke's telling you guys these, he's you know enthralling you with these amazing stories of all these people that he met. I sat at the booth. <laughs> while he was getting stuff signed and you know people drawing stuff I sat at the booth did, did well, you but you left people? the booth for a few hours uh, in the middle of the day where the fuck did you go I went home to the bathroom no not then before that you were not there was there were a couple of times where you got up and you were gone for quite a while I don't know if you were just had to take a really rocking shit or something <laughs> but what did you do buying cocaine on a sky I was bridge. talking to Micatron for a bit 
Wow. That's sorry, I'm not an excited Gosh, you person. Got two All right. Away. All right. Well done. <laughs> well, remember Anthony Moore here if you want to go get your shit signed. I'd yeah, be like, Please. "Hey, um, Tony Moore, can you sign my Walking Dead?" Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to take my Walking Dead over there later. I he he, he still he seems a little grumpy, uh, a little grumpy about Walking Dead, but that's okay. <laughs> he's yeah. He's like, "You know, I started this comic book off for six issues of brilliant and then I got the boot. <laughs> and then I got the Aww. boot, and I had to we, sue for my profits. We love with the job well, you you're know, doing. You're fired. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, the funny thing is, right, we were, speaking of that, we were talking about uh, Yale Simone, and mm-hmm. uh, there's another artist that was here today, Ron Mars, and um, he did the, the little-known uh, voodoo um, for <laughs> yeah. New 52, and he said particularly the reason why he was off, he, he was off that run was that um, they, gave him, they gave him the book, and they said, take it in the direction you want, and then after issue one, they said no. That's not the way we want to go. Yeah, I've and, heard that story from a lot of New Fifty Two creators. Yeah, they're they're right. And um, I and then uh, Gail Simone, of course, you know the most famous of their firing rehiring <laughs> stories yeah. ever. That her her jobless state lasted twenty four forty eight hours. It was like forty eight hours. Forty eight like hours. That, yeah. yeah, and even you know she even finds it funny. I was I was talking to her while she was signing my Batgirls, and she and her husband. Is that a actually, euphemism? <laughs> hey yo! I see what you did there. Yeah, did you sign her back, girls? Will you sign my back, wow. girls? If you sign my back, girls, I figured it would Eddie to drop that card first. It's you. Hey, yeah. he beat me to the punch. Somebody's on their game. So we were talking about it. Her and her husband actually—they chuckled about it. They thought it was pretty funny as well. So I mean, you have to laugh. I mean, it's more funny that she's reemployed. If she just hadn't stayed unemployed, it'd probably be less funny. Because yeah. there's there's a moment where there's a moment where I have to imagine in her life she gets the email and she's like shit <laughs> and then she tweets out you know she's like I guess I'm not doing Batgirl anymore yeah. and then the internet explodes <laughs> yeah. right and there's got to be a moment in the her barrage. life where she gets that call from the DC editorial or email they're they like oh by the way don't say you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and you're we're gonna go ahead and keep you on this where she's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it, bitches. Since you terminated my last contract, <laughs> but how did, I get to renegotiate. But how did DC feel for having to swallow that load? Like, seriously. Uh, she should she should write like halfway through an arc and then just and be just like, quit. Nah, I'm, I'm out. Done. I'm done. <laughs> See ya. I'm, I'm done. done. I quit. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, um, I uh, heard a rumor, a mysterious rumor from my secret sources that... Uh, Dark dun, Horse dun. is trying to is in talks. This is not confirmed, but Dark Horse is in talks trying to get her to write a uh, upcoming c- uh, video game based comic mm. that they have the huh. rights for. Huh. Which one was not disclosed? Interesting. But it has a female protagonist. Yes. As long as it's not Sandman, I don't care. <laughs> Sandman wasn't a video game. Bayonetta. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> a Gail Simone penned bayonetta comic. That would be amazing. That would be bayonetta. fucking phenomenal. The thing is, she would rock it. Yeah, she really would. Bayonetta. So you just sat at the booth all day. You didn't. I really, you did, you really didn't get anything signed or anything. You I didn't, didn't bring anything with me. I was just like, yeah, cool. All right. And you're gonna sit at the booth all day tomorrow too. I'm gonna get shit signed tomorrow. <laughs> I'll take the booth all day Saturday. That's what you said. Well, yeah, but like Greg Ruckus behind me. Yeah, I, I will hey, talk to hey, someone. Hey, Greg! Slaps hey, Greg! Hey, Greg! You're gonna be too busy fending off freaking 
web models. Yeah. So if you come to our booth tomorrow, it'll be Andy Padel and a bottle of Jack Daniel. Yeah, right. Getting frisky. <laughs> <laughs> oh that actually sounds phenomenal. I wonder if they'd kick me out for drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay. I will just pay. Getting, <laughs> just getting juiced at the con. Just get oh, wasted. Dear. I will pay you. I will con. pay you good money if you lean back at some point during the con while there's a line at Ruckus booth and go. Hey, <laughs> Rucka! <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, oh, that would be fucking amazing. This, this is how Luke makes friends and does not influence people. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's me. People that won't be interviewed on next year's podcast. <laughs> Greg Rucka. <laughs> Starting off with Rob Liefeld, yeah. followed by Greg <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think I think we're going to wrap this up so that we're going to lead we're going to lead into the uh, the Ed Brisson interview. Just so you know, so after the break, you're going to be hearing Andy and I talking to Ed Brisson this morning about comeback and murder book and some of the other things that he has done. And uh, we will uh, we it's will like see the you guys. Peanut butter and jelly of things Andy likes. <laughs> murder, murder book and book. Murder. It's got murders like murder. and books. I like murder book. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, is it Brisson? Is it Brisson, just Brisson? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Right. I just wanted to make sure there's no odd pronunciation or anything. Uh, if you said Bryson, I would have flipped the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are here with Ed Brisson. He is the, the writer of the new Image series Comeback, uh, as well as some stuff in the past. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You said, you, you said just before the show you live up in Vancouver and just drove down? That's right, yeah. Is that where you've always, is that where you've always lived? Or? No, I, I, uh, I'm originally from... I was born in Toronto, okay. so the other side of Canada, and... Uh, my family moved to BC when I was 14, and then I okay. moved up to uh, Vancouver about uh, 15 years ago. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love Vancouver. I love that city. Yeah, me too. It is, it's huge. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess we're, we wanted to talk to you mostly about Comeback, clearly, sure. but um, I think that we'll start the, kind of the way we always start these interviews. What? Uh, there's other stuff I want to talk about. Oh, I know. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, that we want to kind of find out where, how, like, what was your path in the comic industry come back? How long have you been in, in the comics industry? I know that I've seen your name in the credits uh, as letterer for some things like Prophet and Peter Panzerfaust, and, uh, um, and I personally haven't read Murder Book yet. My f- Andy here has. Right. Um, but, and Comeback's the first thing I've, I've read that you wrote, but kind of... How'd you get there? Uh, I self-published uh, my first book that actually had distribution uh, 19 years ago. Uh, it was a crappy anthology comic uh, called Hardcore. Uh, that was probably anything but. Um, <laughs> and it was 94 we put that out. So it was right after you know um, the whole image, uh, image mm-hmm. originally coming out. Uh, you know, and when they came out, it was just a huge time for like doing sort of creator-owned stuff and... Uh, yeah, so I did that comic. It was sort of a, a superhero style uh, thing, um, heavily influenced by Spawn and uh, and Rob Liefeld. Um, and then from there, I just started doing like uh, self-published uh, sort of uh, DIY style stuff where I would just uh, uh, write and draw comics. I used mm-hmm. to draw all my own comics and uh, photocopy them up at our local uh, Ditto's, which is uh, our, was our version of Kinko's back in Kelowna. Nice. And just sell them out of my backpack. It used to cost me 53 cents to run them off. I'd sell them for 50 cents uh, just to get them in people's hands. And, uh, yeah, I did that for years. And I did some web comics and stuff like that. And uh, I've just been making comics for about uh, yeah, about 19 years. It's only recently that I have uh, tried to, like, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, quote, unquote, sort of break in with publishers. Mm-hmm. I think I sent my first pitch off five years ago, I think. Okay. And I did, like, a pitch... And then I did a, another pitch a year later, 
And then I stopped pitching and started doing murder book and uh, and then started sending some pitches again after after getting some traction with murder book. But uh, cool. So I was uh, I was not one of those guys who was always really trying to break in. It was just kind of just doing my thing. And, you know. How did you end up getting hooked up with Image and doing lettering work and, and stuff like that? Uh, I started lettering about six years ago. Um, I'd already been lettering my own comics uh, mm-hmm. just for like web comics and stuff. And a friend of mine was working for a manga company that needed a letterer. Uh, I'd never read any manga in the past, and uh, uh, but I did a test anyways. I, I screwed it up royally, and uh, then uh, they still hired me because they must have been desperate. And then just <laughs> just from there, I just uh, I just uh, kept lettering and and just slowly picking up you know indie pitches. I'd go to digital webbing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and just pick up lettering gigs through there, uh, starting at it like ludicrously low page rates, but just to get the experience and. Um, it just slowly built from there, and um, and yeah, I can't remember. Like I got, I met Curtis a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I, I maybe put him in a headlock and forced him to give me <laughs> uh, lettering work with him. And um, like Brandon and and Simon, who do Profit, I've known those guys for a few years. Mm-hmm. So when Profit started up and needed a letter, they just asked me. And yeah, it's it's just been it's been a six year progression to get where I am. But you know, it's just been slow. You know, doing crappy pitches for people to just slowly moving on to bigger and better mm-hmm. things uh, as I went along. And there I am, which I never considered I'd be a comic book letter. <laughs> My goal was originally always to be a writer or an artist, uh, but, you know, uh, I did the lettering to kind of support and bring in some money to, mm-hmm. to do the writing and, and uh, pay for artists and stuff like that, theoretically. You know, so, that was, uh, so on the note of writing, I want to talk about Murder Book. For yeah, a uh, go for it. Like, seriously, they, those are some of the best short stories like that are like noir-flavored that I've read in years. It's Thanks. Different. Um, the oh, the till one. Um, skimming the skimming till. The till. Yeah. Like I didn't see the ending coming. I thought I'm like, okay, this, so this is how this is going to end. All of a sudden, the car crashes into the guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's brilliant. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, I actually that one. I um, there's a producer in Vancouver, a friend of mine who's a, a, a film producer, sort of a, a lower budget, uh, you know, but I think million dollar budget films. Uh, I've actually written a screenplay for Skimming the Till. I expanded it into a 90-minute movie. Uh, I don't know if it's actually going to go anywhere, but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how taking a, a 12-page story and then making it a 90-minute thing. Uh, and the ending on that one is, is a lot is different, yeah, but it still has, a, still has a car scene, but it's a lot more brutal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So for, for the people who don't know, where can they get Murder Book? What is, how is it available? Um, you can go to murderbookcomic.com. Uh, okay. Um, and it's all mostly there for free. And then if you just go to, you can click to my store off of there or off of edbrisson.com. And I, I have print copies available for sale. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the easiest two ways. So how many, you were talking about, you know, pitching for a long time and then finally just giving up and doing murder book yeah. stuff. Like how many, how many pitches did you have to go through to get comeback picked up? And I think... Um, I don't know the exact number, but I think Comeback was around pitch number six or seven. Like, I had done those two, uh, and then I, I hadn't pitched for about two years. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, my philosophy was just that doing these five-page pitches and you sit around and, like, six editors look at them, you know, because comics is not that huge. Uh, nobody else sees them. I'm like, I, I just, I'd rather just prove myself as a writer, and that's why I started doing Murder Book. And uh, so after that, I think I did... I, yeah, I think that comeback was pitch number seven six hmm. or seven yeah somewhere around there 
it's it, uh, you know Andy's gonna gush a little bit about Murder Book. I'm gonna gush a little bit about Comeback. No, I, just gush away. I love it. It's uh, it's one of the better time time travel books I've read in a long time. I finally Thanks. just got through issue four, and right. that uh, that that cliffhanger is awesome. Thanks. Uh, um, has time travel been something that's that you've wanted to write or like? Um, not well. What happened really is uh, I had been talking to. Um, uh, Cena Grace at, at, when he was at Skybound because they'd picked up Murder Book and they liked them and they'd got in touch with me about pitching stuff to them and everything I was pitching to them was like a five issue uh, comeback or a Murder Book miniseries essentially mm-hmm. like it was like these longer crime stories and Cena was trying to he, t- he pushed me a bit to try and, and sort of get out of my own comfort zone a little bit and try sort of uh, I don't know, like, higher concept is not is a term that I hate, and I don't necessarily want to use, but that gives a sort of general impression. He was trying to get me to do other stuff, and so it came kind of from that, trying to think, like, well, like, what other stories, uh, what other genres, and uh, time travel is one that I've already always really liked the concept, but mm-hmm. usually not the execution, and... Uh, I agree. <laughs> So I yeah I, I sat down and just wrote like like what's everything I hate about time travel right and then, so like the absence of sort of any sort of limitation like I really like yeah. with my characters I, I really like to sort of box them into the like the shitty situations or whatever yeah. just and 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 have them deal with that and with time travel it's just too expansive right like mm-hmm. if you can go back and, and and kill Hitler or go back and and you know for ride dinosaurs or whatever it's it doesn't it's not it doesn't hold a lot of interest for me. Um, so yeah, I just I like the idea of just limiting it, mm-hmm. you know, to that sixty-seven days that they can travel, and, and sort of seeing how because it's kind of underwhelming, like you know, like hey, the time travel, but yeah, you can only go back like two months. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit underwhelming. So I kind of liked I liked that idea about it and like to see how it could be exploited. And That's kind of what I liked about uh, Deja Vu. Have you ever seen that movie? No, um, no. It, oh, it's actually a pretty good Denzel Washington movie where. They can't travel through time, but they have a machine that can see exactly 76 hours into the past. Oh, really? And they can zoom it in on anyone at any time, and they're trying to solve a crime by using this machinery huh. that can see that far into the past. Anyway, yeah, it's, it is. it's the same kind of scenario where it's like they, they have this very limited scope in what they can and can't right. do with it, and, and that made the book or made the movie really interesting. Right. And Source Code has something similar where they can go back for like eight minutes. Is that what it is, I think, in Source Code? Uh, it's a really limited amount of time. That's one I haven't yeah. seen. So. That's good. Actually, really yeah. good. Um, apparently, we're going to develop that into a TV show. I don't know if that's actually happening or not. Huh. What uh, is is comeback? The five issue miniseries supposed to just be? Is it a self contained thing? Is it something that you intend to expand in a new other miniseries? Or are you going to do anything more with the world that you're creating? It's kind of, that's sort of a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a self contained story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and I do have uh, some things that we've talked about that we'd like to do. Uh, in the future with, with like if we do another, you know, comeback uh, mm-hmm. uh, five issue mini, I would, I don't think I have any or much interest in doing an ongoing. Right. Um, and that's just like sort of a general rule for me. I, yeah. I just, I, I like writing stuff that has an end and, and that I'm not constantly teasing the reader along for the rest of their natural lives. Um, We've had that discussion on the show, actually. Andy and I have liking self-contained stories. So are you thinking more along the lines of something like, like the way Criminal is constructed, where it's Maybe, yeah. kind of the same world, a little bit of crossover, it would, mostly? It would be similar characters. It would be, um, if we did a second uh, um, comeback series, uh, like I, I've got it loosely outlined already, and it would be about a separate organization 
that's doing something um, similar, but actually in a, in a lot more sinister and uh, really interesting, uh, like to me, a really interesting and kind of clever way of using that that uh, that form of time travel. Uh, so it's something that I hope that we do get to do, mm-hmm. uh, but it all depends on on how things go after comeback is done. Uh, Michael is already on something else right now for a little bit, and uh, and I've got a couple other things in the works. So you know, it would have to be after that. Cool. Uh, I'd kind of like to get your sort of take on short stories because I mean, Murder Book is you know it's a bunch of like five six page yeah st- like. What is your sort of driving force? Like, do you come up with like, oh, here's a situation that would be cool, and then you write a story around it, or like, how do you go about that? It all depends. Um, I don't think like any one has kind of hit me the same way. I think the hardest that I wrote were the, the the four or five that ran in the back of Near Death, which were all a bunch of five, just straight up five page stories, mm-hmm. and that was the, the absolute limit that I could write. With the other comeback stories, it was just me writing so it could be it used to just be however long i wanted it to be but keep it contained yeah usually it's a lot of times I'll, I'll just have like a scene in my head um uh that i you know i i just think about and try and turn it into like a uh, a story there's there's one um have you have you read the near death backup ones oh shit. they're not online no I was so, gonna say, i've re- i've read i guess two of them okay there. there's one where a guy um a hitman shows up to, to kill another guy and he's been paid $5,000 to do it. And the whole thing is like him showing the guy like the $5,000, like, like being like, this is like, this is essentially what your life is worth. <laughs> this is like a kid working at McDonald's for the summer. That's your life. Like, and the whole thing. And like, I haven't read that. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's like that scene was there. Cause I, my dad used to be a cop. And so I, I, I was, uh, talking to him one time and, and we were talking about like, um, like he hates a lot of cop shows and stuff like that because of how sort of unrealistic they are. And he's mm-hmm. talking about like when you see in movies like guys are being paid like fifty grand to knock someone off. He's like, that's not true. He goes, if like with like um, if some biker gang in, in Canada, where they're like, it's it's literally like they will pay the guy five thousand dollars to kill someone else, right? Like and, and that's and, and that that somebody could their life could be taken for five thousand dollars always blow me away. And then I, I was working in retail one one point after he told me the story. Um, still like you know 10 12 years ago and we were counting our cash at the end of the night and we had five thousand dollars sitting there on the counter i was like jesus like that's like it's literally i could have someone snuff for that you know I guess if I knew the right people and it just look it's it, like if you actually see five thousand yeah. dollars cash it's not it's a very small amount. it's a very small amount yeah, yeah. it's a very small stack of bills and uh so yeah that that's where that idea came from and i just kind of spun out and built a story around that um I think the first one I did, it's where the guy's using the cell phone to send these text messages and that. And it was that was because I kind of felt that, like, one thing that used to bother me a bit about a lot of noir is a lot of noir sort of uh, acknowledges, it does not acknowledge that there's been any sort of, like, technology advancement in the last 20 years. Yeah. So you yeah. never see cell phones. You never see people really going on the computer too much. And so I wanted to, to do a story where the, the main thing that that switches everything is a cell phone right it is something that that you know you don't see often in, in noir stories and you know it's like the stories just they all come from different yeah. different places essentially like, um i'm gonna spoil one more but the uh <laughs> so i think this at least is you a, warned him ahead of time uh, this time <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh the one word has the it starts out with um 
the guy going on the walk and drinking the beer. Oh yeah, I was I was actually just came from. Uh, I'm here with the artists. Oh right on. Now at Johnny Christmas. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah, the <laughs> twist at the end. I was just like, oh wow. Um, so Luke, you're just I've starting to stare in blank. This, like, so uh, basically, a uh, guy walks. He's taking a walk through a forest, and he discovers a body. And he's like, oh shit, and, you know, she's got to have a phone. I got to save her. Some other guys pull up, beat him to death, and then realize that the girl is still alive. And that's the end. But the, the, that script actually is kind of interesting in that um, I'd written that and I put it away because I didn't like it originally. There was something that was missing because originally when he finds the body of this girl and uh, he's going through his per- her purse, he's actually going through it with like, he's just like, well, if there's money in there, she doesn't need it anymore. And then these guys find him and they... They, they beat on him, and I was like, ah, well, you know, it's not, it, it wasn't working, but then that moment where I changed it in the script, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have a cell phone, so he's looking for a cell phone in her purse to call yeah, for help. That's the moment yeah, where it just all turns, brilliant. and you're like, oh, God, and everything after that is just hard. And that was actually, I wrote that story and just felt like, um, <laughs> I, I felt so bad for that. It was the first time where I just felt super bad for a character, and actually, we were talking about that story last night, because John and I when I wrote the story, I had that, that line of like, oh, shit, she's still breathing at the end. Uh, and I actually, in the first draft, I took that line out because I'm like, it's just too much. It's just <laughs> too much. And then John called me up. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, put that line back in. And then so we had a, like a back and forth where it's like, like I twist f- that knife just yeah. to, like, I mean, it's like, you know, the good Samaritan just gets fucked over in every possible way. Yeah. It's yeah. just so good. But uh, yeah, so, I, you know, obviously I did put the line back in and, uh, you know. Well, as a reader, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, a, a little bit of a cliche question, but I always like asking it. Like, if if there was a, a like a dream collaboration, either with uh, a, a company on their characters or with an artist or something, what what do you think your like dream collaboration would be? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's hard. Like, I, I don't think uh, on a character because I'm not. Um, like, I'm not much of a mainstream comic book reader, so I don't read a lot of the... Uh, like, I, I do read Daredevil and Punisher, but... And if not, they gave them to you, you'd probably screw them over anyway, so... Uh, well, <laughs> those, those are characters that that's in their DNA anyway, sure, right? So, yeah. uh, one, actually, this right here, um, Captain Canuck is, a, is uh-huh. a comic series that I uh, was one of the first I read growing up. It's a Canadian superhero, so most of you Americans have probably have no idea. I've seen uh, Captain Canuck. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, that's one that uh, uh, I would like to do like a four issue mini or five mm-hmm. issue mini uh, um, using the character following up from like where the original uh, issue 15 ended back in 1982 or whenever mm-hmm. it came out um, but beyond that uh, collaboration wise I don't know like I like all the guys I've been collaborating with mm-hmm. like I'm doing um, basically all the guys who've done murder book stories I'm doing other stuff with them right now nice. as well um, so you know, I'm really happy with that. I think like we all kind of found each other naturally, and, and it feels good working with those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for other artists, Guy Davis is an artist I like a lot. I'd love to yeah. work with that dude, um, uh, James Heron. Oh, I would literally I love James yes. Heron stuff. <laughs> James I, Heron, okay. I'm, I'm he did uh, he did a couple of miniseries for BPRD, and he okay. did um, he, he's like. He did uh, a couple issues of the new Conan book. Okay. He's, he's phenomenal. I lettered a couple uh, books of his, uh, or a, an issue of a series he was going to do for Image that never came out uh, that he was drawing and someone else uh, wrote, and I, I lettered. And that's where I first came across his work. But uh, 
I would literally like uh, kill a small village of kittens uh, <laughs> for the opportunity uh, uh, to work on a book uh, with him. And I already have like I have a book that you know if he showed up today and was like, "Hey, have you got any ideas?" I'd be like, "Yes," <laughs> and I would act out the entire first arc of the whole thing for him. Just so he knew what he was getting himself into, but uh, yeah, th- those are the two: the guy Davis um, and, and and James Heron uh, would be like guys I don't know really, and top of my list for like who I, who if I could work with someone. Yeah, James Heron's stuff kind of snuck up on me. The first time I saw his stuff was in that is it was in the Abe Sapien uh, mini that he did for BPRD. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first you first start reading the book, and you're like, "This is this is art's pretty good." It's it's you know, and then it, the more you look at it, you're like, "Wow, this is just phenomenal." He gets he gets so so much creepiness into into his art, and then the, there's so much detail that doesn't really it doesn't pop out at you, yeah. but it, it's there. And then you the more you look, the more it's, it gets oh, his, crazy. Yeah. His stuff's really good. And another guy that's kind of on the other end of the spectrum is. Um, uh, I, I am probably mispronouncing his name terribly. Uh, it's Tanchi, um, whatever he, he uh, whatever his last <laughs> name is. It starts with a Z, and I apologize uh, uh, if he hears this. Uh, uh, he did uh, who is Jake Ellis? Where is Jake Ellis? Oh, that book is oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, that guy is one dude who I would also like to work with. Nice, point. nice. Um, so, uh, kind of wrap things up. What's what's coming up for you after comeback is done? What do you got going on? Is there anything that you can actually talk about? In like I'm just sending in solicitation information now, but in July, so it'll be in the May previews. I have a book coming out okay. uh, in July, uh, Three Image Central, okay. and then I am developing another um, pitch with uh, a guy who has done some murder book stuff in the past as well. And I, I'm not going to say anything because it's so early on with that one. Sure. But, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's, actually, I really want to stop by. Are you guys at the same booth? Uh, Johnny's Michael? just walking around. He's on foot. I'm, I'm with Michael um, uh, at, at table I03. But Michael okay. and I are there. Johnny will be stopping by at, at points. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us on this yeah, uh, Friday morning at Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, as, as you just said, you're at table I03 doing signings and stuff. Yes. That'll be long That's in the past after we yes. do this. Curtis is there too, isn't he? Yeah, that so, yeah. Mr. Mr. forgot to register for a table, <laughs> so he's crashing at mine. Yeah, he was on our show uh, last ECCC. Yeah. Was he? Uh, so, yeah. Right. Good Did guy. you guys up, uh, uh, interview him upstairs just outside of a panel? Uh that was, was you and Micatron. That wasn't me. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That was uh, no. We interviewed him at our t- at our table last oh, okay. year. Okay, so. never mind. Then. Yeah, that might have been the backroom podcast. That's another local. I was harassing him in the middle of a podcast <laughs> last time, and I just wasn't sure which one it was. Cool. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for no, all no the problem. the info, and uh, I hope you have a good Emerald City. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. So you guys, uh, you guys just listened to Ed. Ed Twenty, <laughs> 20 wow. minutes has passed. Yeah. The listener, yes. it's only been five <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and Luke has <laughs> already <laughs> forgotten <laughs> Ed's last name. That's what I'm talking five about. Five seconds. Time travel. Luke That's Matthews, okay. professional broadcaster. Oh God! Uh, nobody said anything about professional here. All right. <laughs> Thank you again to Ed Brisson for taking the time uh, to, to talk to us on the show. Uh, the guys, he's just a really nice down-to-earth guy. Seems kind of like us, actually, only Canadian. He's pretty rad. <laughs> kind of like us. Kind of like <laughs> us, eh? Kind of like us, eh? Uh, imagine Luke with a Molson. That's the, the best way I can describe Ed. And not as much of a beard as I've got He right was now. The, the beardless the, one. I, the, yeah. Like, 
Canadians beards. That's you know lumberjacks. That's, you know, I knew I knew that my beard I knew that my beard was getting full. But then when I saw some of the pictures Christina was taking, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's the, that beard's goddamn epic right now. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, it's so an interesting way to pronounce gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a week behind you, Luke, so... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Keep talking. I'll flick the lice on you later. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the birds that I have in my mosquito, dude. No, it's golden. Um, anyway, oh, sorry dude. again. Call Radagus uh, the Brown. I'm sorry, Ed Brisson, that you're going to be sandwiched into this episode because, Jesus... This is like really expensive cheese in between Wonder Bread. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Luke being like Wonder Bread. The test subjects awesome. for the Jason Aaron School of yeah, Facial right. Hair. <laughs> so um, catch up on New York strip steak. We're gonna try, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to record another episode be before the end of uh, Emerald City, and in on that episode you will hear our uh, our interview with Cullen Bunn. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Ed Brisson, I know that you, you just heard him talking on the episode, but go out and buy Murder Book and and pick up Comeback. It's actually a phenomenal series uh, that is it's almost over. There's the next issue comes out in next month, um, and that's gonna be the final ep- a final issue. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eddie, for joining us for the show hey. and for the the show. Uh, what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> for the con and the show, that's what I was oh. trying to say. But words fail me right now. The short con or the long con? I talk for the whatever. Long con. Yeah. Thank long you, Ann. No, what th- are your this words podcast mean? is the short con. Short con. <laughs> your, come on, Luke. Use your words. Uh, <laughs> thank you, James, for joining us for a con that doesn't even interest you. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, for finally showing up. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the better late than ever. And. Uh, Finally, also, thank you to the, the Frederick the Great crew, Jeff Schaefer and Dolby Von Luckner. Count, do I need to put the count before that? Count. Count yes. Dolby Von Luckner, okay, for, uh, for loaning us their like hotel room. This probably took. <laughs> it's just He's right there! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> uh. <laughs> Indeed. We are Things going to go. We are going to go. Booze. We are going to go get drinks and foods, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow at Emerald City. Bye. Who's now?